Hello, and welcome back to Drag Time with Heclina. We have somebody very exciting with us on the show today. But first, I just want to say thank you for listening to Drag Time. And thank you for subscribing to the show. We love your reviews and we love your tips. Um, you can visit our website, dragtimewithheclina.com, for all the ways that you can support us. Now, to introduce our guest, please welcome it. It is known as Christine. Hey, girl. Hey, hey, Heckles. How are you? I'm good. Christine is an artist of performance, provocation, and song. Described as a gender-blending, booty-pounding perversion of punk, fully equipped with an arsenal of ferocious music intertwined with raw moments of strained intimacy and fiery stank. Spin Magazine has called Christine a manic combination of Alice Cooper and Hedwig. Now Magazine compared her to Beyonce on Bath Salts. That's true. Her music is raw punk with electro influences and her performances are... So back to when I first met you uh, at the Folsom Street Fair. At first I thought you were like really that big of a skank, but then I realized somebody has to have their shit together enough to make the music and, you know, all, and organize all this stuff. And then, of course, I got to know you as Paul. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so tell me about – well, tell, okay, let's go back to that first day that we met at the Folsom Street Fair. Were you just getting started then? Yeah, that was like – I so remember that day. That was – that time I was really, really fucking nervous. And that was – the we had been to San, – San Francisco was the first city that kind of took – took me in and because of Matt and Barracuda. Sure. Um, I think we had done Deco Lounge and we had probably stuck around the stud. And um, that Folsom show was the biggest, first time we'd ever done an outdoor show mm-hmm. of that size for sure. And I think I only had like four songs and we were playing music off of a compact disc back then. Whoa. Um, so I remember giving the DJ, the poor sound producer, the disc and telling, uh-huh. remember like none of the songs are mixed. They're all different levels and just praying they would keep up. And then after kind of all that, I met you. And I just remember like it was your stage or it's a Chanishak stage and you were the... Uh-huh kind of the queen shit of that. And I had never met you and I was mm-hmm. terrified of your ass because you were you were a big woman. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had big hair and uh-huh. you you're not like, oh hi, how are you? You're kinda like looked at me probably the way you just said. Uh-huh. And like and I was like and you had big sunglasses on. So uh-huh. I couldn't I could not see your eyes. I could not make out your soul. Uh-huh. And <laughs> still can't. Now, and, well, uh, yeah, I, well, well, I'm sure you found out I have no soul. You have no eyes or soul. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you asked me, you were like, hey, you were really like, hey. And I was like, hey. And you were like, <laughs> you were, just had no time for it. And you were, because it's stage time and you're doing this with right, everybody. Right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And you're doing, you're doing your jam and you're just like, you're like, hey. I'm like, hi. And you were like, um, kind of looking at me weird. And you're like, how do you, how do you want to be introduced? And I had never been asked that before. Uh-huh. And I was nervous. And I told you, I said, I want you to introduce me as Austin's number one cum dump. Uh-huh. And you just looked at me and you kind of paused and you went, oh. and you just let out this kind of sigh. <laughs> and, and you just, you literally just turned around and were like, okay, and walked away. And then you got on stage and that's what you said. And then that's how it all kind of started. That was well, a big I, Yeah. I, I was also blown away by how uh, 
people in the audience, they, they knew all the words to tears from my pussy and all that stuff. It was so. weird. It was a weird one. And that was the first, that was the first time I ever pulled balloons out of my butthole on stage. The first of many, of thousands there. The first of Fuck. thousands and yeah, thousands. Yeah, fucking eight years of pulling balloons out of my fucking butthole. Uh, and now they're bad for the environment and helium's going extinct. So I got to think of something new. Isn't that crazy? Helium you know, is extinct. How do, I just don't even. How, how the fuck? Well, uh, so you were based in Austin back then. I remember you were the queen of Austin. And uh, why did you leave Austin? Well, I did like, I guess about a decade there. I was there for, yeah, 10-ish, a little over 10 years. And I, I left real happy. It really was the probably the best most fruitful decade of my life and then um I was just ready to kind of get out and I was realizing more and more that my adventures and my experiences on the road I got tired of kind of having those experiences and then going back home to Austin and being like well I'll be able to experience Experience or see those people again when I go back on the road next year or something right, right. because it was always a summertime thing it was like a you know usually like a July August September kind of thing right. and I just I was really enjoying exchanges with all of these people that were really inspiring on the road many of them and then I thought to myself well why don't I just fucking look into living closer to those people where I can actually have breakfast with them and lunch with them and do shows with them. Um, so I was kind of thinking of going to London and I was thinking I would use New York as a little springboard. I'd lived here before mm -hmm. and, um, things worked out, leases ended, apartments opened up, uh, and I ended up moving into Bradford Nordine and Scott Tankersley's apartment here in I thought, I thought you were living with Roddy Bottom for a while. Oh, Roddy was living with me. Oh, uh, in New York? Because, yes, my little shit shack because his apartment caught fire some years ago, you know. You've got to be kidding me. Yeah, girl, like four years ago, his apartment, they had some electrical fire. The one and, on Jane Street? Yes, the one that you stayed in and yes. me. Yes, oh my and God. I call that the Heclina Suite at his house. Oh, really? Um, Yes, but it yeah it caught fire like four years ago, and so oh he God. he was bouncing around, and near the end when it was looking like it was time to hopefully move back into his place, he was just you know I was like girl just come live in my apartment. My other roommate had moved out, mm -hmm. so he came and crashed in my shit shack here in Brooklyn. Did you guys do any music together? Yeah, yeah, we we did. We had some. We had get along so well. He's such a fucking sweet fucking friend, and um. And you can't help not do music with him. He's there and he's right. got, he's just fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. And um, it was kind of natural that we kept falling into projects with each other. Uh, he would perform, if I was doing certain weird experimental Christine things, I'd always ask him if he could come and play keys. Um, and then that kind of progressed into us doing a bigger project in London together with a whole band that he was uh -huh. part of. And then he and I just fucked around and flirted with a new song mm -hmm. that will be somewhere in a future catalog of music. I'm not really aiming towards albums and things right now, just really working on right. music. So we do have, um, 
we definitely have goals and little dreams and hopes of shitting some new kids out there in the world. And we're, we're moving towards that. Well, now before, uh, before we went into the dark days, uh, the dark ages that we're yes. in now, yes. um, you were doing lot, you were doing lots of touring. Uh, didn't you do a tour with peaches? Not, yeah. not, not peaches Christ. The, Hell the, no. The no. famous one. The famous one. <laughs> yeah, the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shade's gonna kill you. I know, um, I know. <laughs> yeah, I was um I was I got to do some opening acts with Peaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really incredible. She's real generous and she kinda she called me at a time when I was at a bit of a crossroads and I was kinda questioning where the fuck I was gonna what I was going to do next. Mm-hmm. And yeah, out of the blue, she texted and said, if I would ask, if I'd like to open up for her mm-hmm. show. Yeah. <laughs> and, thank um, you for, thank <laughs> you for clar- thanks for clarifying that part. Yeah, please. Yeah. We're going to do a lot of clarifying tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was so amazing. We have some mutual friends um, and I'm, and you know, it, it, it just, it's nice when the, you know, you you got a kind of a constellation that you're orbiting around different people and planets, and mm-hmm. sometimes they crash. And that one hit real, real hard and real good. Mm-hmm. And we had a, a great time together on some spots in the U.S. And then took a break, and then I ended up joining her again for some some other shows in some other countries. And it's been a nice relationship, and she's been really kind, and she's pretty much like a stanky old skanky sister for me oh good i love and, her i love her. Yeah. I, yeah i was so into her you know back when the electro clash stuff was hot remember yeah. how, remember that remember that yeah. weird <laughs> blame what what's his larry fucking t for that shit and everybody yeah, yeah. Else. i remember like it was like fisher spooner and uh what chicks on speed and yeah and all that. yeah so, but I followed her for years. I love her. I've probably seen her. I've seen, I think I've seen her more times than I've seen Christine, which is a lot. Well, you just see me on the sidewalks and streets and places. Not, you know, who's, you ain't going to pay money to see my ass. And I sure as hell. I'm Hello. On the guest list. I'm the one. I'm, I'm always fucking paying you because you're always uh, the one. Yeah. Oh you're, my you're, God. You're always the one. You're always the, now. One of my favorite memories of Christine, and I want you to tell me about this, is when we were going on the cruise that you came on with, uh, yeah. you came on with us, we had to spend a night before we went on the cruise on the Queen Mary. Yes. And, uh, and they had filmed an episode of Murder, She Wrote on the Queen Mary. Yes. And you were so thrilled, and I did not know this about you, but you are obsessed with Murder, She Wrote. Yeah, girl. I was, we were, it was me and you, Peaches, Christ. Mm-hmm. Yes. And God, everybody, uh, yeah. was there. And Neha and his, um, yeah, his mom, P- yeah. Peaches' mom. Yeah. It was so funny. Yeah. I was walking on the deck and I was like, I've seen this deck before. I know this deck. And then I realized it was, well, they've used it in so many films, but it was on a very exciting, one of my favorite murders she wrote episodes called My Johnny Lies Over the Ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, which I did a commentary on for COVID here at the apartment one day. Oh wow! Oh yeah, I was really desperate for some for some for some audience times, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that boat was incredible, and I I am a fucking murder she wrote freakazoid. Not I went through a hard obsession with it, and mm-hmm. I've got a tattoo of Jessica Fletcher on my leg. Mm-hmm. Um, murder she wrote was. 
I had this stoner friend in Austin named Dave, big, big stoner bear. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I had gotten back from a, a, like the first long tour I'd ever done in Europe, it was like probably like almost a three month or going on three. And I had never done anything. And when you get back to Austin after those tours, you really hit the ground because it's like everything slows down. It's Texas. Right, of course. And it's, it, you just kind of go back to that small townness and your friends and all. And it was hard the first time for me to get kind of acquainted with Austin again after that long tour and everything that was happening. So my friend Dave would come over and he said, basically as a prescription, he said, we, were, we would begin to do Murder, She Blunt um, sessions and where he would roll a huge blunt, we'd cook dinner and we, he would show me one episode, kind of like a dealer. He would give me a uh-huh. free a free taste of it. Uh-huh. And, and I... I was like, you're an idiot. I'm not watching that old lady crap. I never watched that shit. It wasn't on in my house growing up. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so we watched, we smoked a blunt and ate some shitty food and watched it. And I was hooked. He showed me the, it's called Birds of a Feather and Kaniki from Greece is in it. Uh-huh. Um, and he plays a drag queen in it. He's an, Oh, like, I heard about this. Yes, girl. He's in like this. this fucking huge fag bar with red velvet and a snooty mater D mm-hmm. and his wife and Aunt Jessica Fletcher go into the bar. They're snooping around and he comes running off the stage in full drag. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. But he showed me that and I was hooked. Oh. And then, and then the pupil passed up the master real fast and I started watching him like a fiend and it kind of, saved me from some post tour depression right and kind of became very special to me and i went ape shit over it and here well, we are i i have two things i want to say about that first of all <laughs> one well, the first one is is you have to watch this old episode of the streets of san francisco uh it, it's it stars uh the guest star is john davidson who you're probably too young to remember who that is but he's from the 70s and he plays a murderous uh, drag queen and kind of a, a, a schizophrenic, you know, uh, multiple personality drag queen. As they all and, are. As they all are. <laughs> uh, you know, don't you? I, I long for the days when when trans people and gay people were. They were always the serial killer. They were always the murderer. They were always the, you know, the freak, you know. I kinda, always. Always. And so you have to check it out because um, it's amazing. And then the other thing I want to ask you about Murder, She Wrote, is, I mean, I was, don't you think people would eventually be like, get this fucking bitch away from me. Wherever she goes, somebody gets murdered. Yeah, girl. Kids. <laughs> like, she, it, yeah, right, Mark? She's like, she is the fucking white widow. That's she's what the grim reaper. She's the yeah. grim reaper. Yeah. She's like, everywhere she goes, some fucking person dies. And then the first couple of seasons, she had tons of nieces and nephews, like coming out of her fucking asshole. So everywhere she went, She was always visiting a niece or visiting a nephew. She had them everywhere. And then she, they were dying. All these people are dying. And like, I don't know. No one ever wised up to the fact that she was the fucking killer the whole time. Or she's the biggest, nastiest piece of luck you've ever had. Exactly. She's like a bald rabbit's foot. Oh my God. I know. It's crazy. I I, I will say it it is comforting to watch it kind of like watching Golden Girls because you kind of know what's going to happen. But I highly recommend you guys uh, watch all the seasons of Columbo. It's um, it's, it's got a it's got a higher caliber of guest stars, you know. How dare you? (laughs) Well, it's, 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 
Instead of like Aaron Moran, they have John Cassavetes. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh wow, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. okay, that, I will agree with you. That yeah, is like way that. higher caliber. <laughs> like uh, all all Angela Lansbury did was fucking give her friends roles like B actors who were all going broke. Right. So it's everyone who needed a job is who was on Murder She Wrote. So they're really overacting and really horny for money. Right, right, right. Yeah, Which no. is most of the people you know heckling. That's us so, right now. That's us yeah, right yeah. now. <laughs> um, well, you talked a little bit about London. And so tell me, were you you were living in, I remember reading you were doing a big series of shows in the West End and Boy George was raving about you and stuff. We, what, I mean, yeah, yeah it, London, just London's been real kind and exciting. And it's, uh, I, I, remember, I was always scared of it because, uh, Jane County wrote that book called Man Enough to Be a Woman mm -hmm. and um, always talked, of, I mean, if you want to take Jane's pearls of wisdom, but um, always talked about London being kind of a city that was a gateway to the rest of the cities of the, of the world mm -hmm. in a way, musically speaking. And um, they're real, London's like, they either like you or they don't like you. And if they don't like you, you got to find a way to get the fuck off that stage. It's, it's they a very, yeah, it's, it's very intimidating. Yeah, they won't let you off that stage. You got to finish your show kind of situation. Well, I was going to say when, when I did, you know, they, they brought Tranny Shack over there uh, because they had a Tranny Shack in Soho. And so we were performing and you, you would perform and there'd be like almost silence, you know, when you were done. And I, I remember being backstage and I was like devastated. And I don't know if you ever met Tasty Tim. Do you know who that is? Uh-uh, I don't know Tasty Tim. Well, anyway, she came backstage and she was talking to me and I was obviously just gutted, you know, and she's like, are you, are you all right, darling? And I said, oh, I said, oh, they hated me. And they were like, no. And and everybody came up to me afterwards. They were like, that was great, you know, yeah. but they don't, they don't show it. Mm -mm. It's, they'll, oh. they, they won't show it or they, they, they'll, they might show it. And if they, but if they don't like it, like really don't like it, you feel it. It's like. Mm -hmm. They're, they're that jolly kind of drunken London haha -ha goes right to the shitter and and you know you're in danger right but, but they'll always give you a chance to make up for it that's the thing that's kind of like why you can't really leave the stage you have to they're interested or they will support your efforts to save yourself, mm -hmm. but they'll also enjoy watching you drown while you try to do it. <laughs> but they're very, very kind. Did you have performances that where you felt like you were drowning? Oh God, fuck yeah. Or like we did that, that run at Soho theater, we had a run down there and it was very strange. And like, we were booked and doing shows during pride and who, no one really wanted to go down to a basement of that kind during pride. And, um, there were nights where, well, we were in a theatrical kind of regiment. So it was, strange to do shows nightly in a theatrical setting when, when we were used to doing fucking shitholes and basements and deco lounges and studs and things like right, that. Right. So having the pressure of attracting a crowd every night was very strange and hard to deal with. And some nights, literally there'd be maybe 10 people in there. Mm. Um, and you have to kind of, like I said, like survive. And I, I remember one night there was maybe 10 folks in there and there was a pregnant woman in there and I just went to town on her and she was my best friend all night. And I sent my butt plugs to her. I would spit towards her. I would talk about her baby all night and kind of survive. And that's, right. that's kind of how I do with Christine. Um, so 
it was it was tricky to do, but the audiences they came and it it worked and we developed a really good relationship with folks and started to fuck around in those theatrical realms and Edinburgh festivals, places we did not belong, but right. de- definitely served as a kind of very important and memorable kind of boot camp for me in, in the in the entertainment world. Wasn't there some weird incident where somebody didn't get what you were doing and it was like a me too thing or something? Am, mm. am I, am I not remembering it correctly? Yeah. I don't know that. Oh, like, okay. I mean, there's been several billion occasions when people didn't get what I was doing. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, usually we would just, usually it was just kind of people walking out or things like that. Right. But right. I haven't had like a monstrous, uh, affair with an audience or anything that has really like, going up in flames or anything. no power bottom and uh <laughs> experiences <laughs> no power bottom experiences no. I, always, I always think of poor power bottom you know like they were just you know on their way to the big time and then you know they were me too'd yeah it was fucking crazy yeah. um but it's also uh that was such an early stage of online the online court system um right. of of the dangers of that and i it's it's a hard uh, it's a hard pill to swallow how um, the online the nature of people online and how that can handle an affair such as that and how quickly things can escalate and crimes can be you know yeah, it's a it's a it's a witch trial yeah it's a witch trial it's really I mean you've experienced so many things too with names of your oh, shows yeah. And, oh yeah I mean you were ve- you were very early in that. Yeah. Um, that stage of things. And it's, it's brutal. And um, I don't think we're still out of that. It's really, uh, I find incredible how quickly someone can be destroyed by a word of mouth or right. Uh, crazy. By anon- anonymous tips, you know? Um, yeah. It's, it's maddening. I remember I, I remember I spoke to you when that whole experience happened with Power Bottom. And I've seen it happen with other people, too. It's kind of like it is it is maddening. But, and I do hope. But right now we have nothing better to do than sit in our computers. So it's, it's happening really a lot now, too. No shit, right? <laughs> it, it's it's a it's people have a lot more time now to right. do. And, and I'm and of course, not discrediting people who are coming out and speaking out. Of course. Yeah. But but there has to become uh, there has to be some sort of an understanding of uh, no one is guilt. No one's guilty until really truly proven right right it's, it's true and well i mean there's a there's an, i talked about this with um i talked about this i was having this talk with lady bunny i think i spoke with the, so on the monistat the podcast a couple of weeks ago uh where there's a tendency to lump people as completely good or completely bad absolutely in, instead of a human being which has all the different parts you know what i mean well, so. also, yeah, and you bring up human being. It's like also every fucker on here is a human being. And every right. fucker on here, it's like, let's go back to just fucking Dolly Parton's glass house. And it's like, you know, you got to, there has to be a level of understanding or compassion towards someone who even does fuck up. 
Right, exactly. Um, the, the goal, and I think that's what's really interesting, is when someone gets called out, what is the goal of that? You know, like, you, you can't, like, someone's not going to get, like, it's, it's like, what do you want from this call out? What, you know, like, do you want the person to apologize? Well, even if someone apologizes, there's still the attack. And it's like, well, do you want them dead? Do you want them in prison? Do you, like, do you want them to, do you want them to jump out of a window? Because of this, 98% of them will say yes. But it's like, it is that kind of, it's the call out culture of, like, I, I got into a lot of stuff in Austin with Christine. Maybe that's what you were thinking of. Like, there were people who were really offended by Christine and, and, uh-huh. and they were saying that I was, you know, I was uh, making fun of sex workers. I was making fun of these things. I, and I have been called every phobic, transphobic, fat phobic, uh, right, right, exactly. every phobic, like, it, like they threw the book at me yeah. in, in Austin. And, and the first thing I did was reach out to people who I knew had a problem with me. And I said, Hey, why don't we go and have a talk? Let's go get coffee. And I'd like for you to, let's just sit down and talk and explain to me Uh what it is that I'm doing. That's really hurting you so that I can be aware of it. And then I can explain to you what I'm doing and we can begin to understand each other. Well, that's the fucking last thing most people want, because if you sit down and start to offer a compassion towards that person or or a understanding of sorts or try to give that person an answer so that they can process something mm-hmm. then you kind of take the power away from the um criticism that they're giving you sure. from the call out and the last thing these most people want is to take that microphone away from them. Right. Because when you do, they have nothing to scream about anymore. These are the people who don't have a a, a foundation for what they're saying. These are people who just want to take something fucking down. Yeah, I've I've actually just, oh, of course, I've encountered that so many times, you know, running a nightclub like Tranny Shack, running a nightclub like Oasis. And uh, people have attacked me online, you know, like for something and, and I'd be like, uh, well, let's talk about like let, let's meet up for coffee. And, and, and like you said, they're like, oh, I, I you know, I can't meet you. Like, but uh, it's I, I think it's because people don't know how to talk anymore, and they only know how to uh, conflate things. Yeah, so, it, yeah. It's a it gives, and again, we're I'm I'm really just talking about people who thrive on that, right? Um, who don't have. A, a true beef Outlet. argument, yeah, yeah. yeah. and and they're they're really not coming from a place of of their own either. They might be screaming about something else, and they're taking something that didn't even happen to them or isn't uh, relatable to an, a situation that they personally had. Mm-hmm. And 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 there's a power in screaming down someone without a solution to that problem. Um, yeah. A solution which is a great thing when people can come together and discuss things, um, preferably privately, I think. Um, and not online. Um, uh, I, I like when, two, I, yeah. when two human beings can sit down and talk with each other. Um, 
usually good comes from that. And most of the time I have found that people don't want to go near that solution because it takes away the power of a, of a microphone. And a it ta- yeah. It takes away the drama that, yeah, that they're really enjoying. Right. The, the drama is what, is what really is what really propels people. Yeah. It's tricky. You've, you, yeah. I don't know how you've gotten through a lot of stuff. You really were, I, you were very smart about it. And you were also sadly one of the first kind of targets in, in my life, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and watching you maneuver that was really fucking stressful. Yeah. Uh, Just from my side, I don't even can't even imagine what the hell you did, but that was, that was really stressful and scary. And those early stages, you know, well, it's, it's been several different times that I've been, uh, kind of, pilloried they they you know the old kind of like (laughs) putting them in the town square through that like you know with their arms in their head you know yes or with Uh, the big bell of shame (laughs) gonging 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 yes yes but i i don't know uh i don't let it um whatever you know it's it is very complicated and i don't really let anything bother me too much Um, because it is, it's usually people I don't know. I don't give a fuck about. And I am also sensible, like with, with the word tranny, I'm like, I'm not, I'm I'm not that married to this word that I'm going to, you know, let my career burn down all around me over this word. Also, you know, the, the term tranny shack was from a time in the nineties where it was this club at the stud. So when I moved away from the stud, it's, it didn't fit anymore anyway. So it was time, it was time to move on. And I had no real, uh, I had no real, I don't, I, I don't, uh, yeah, uh, yester bait is, is a term that I love, you know, like, Oh my God, I've never heard that before. <laughs> oh my uh, God, that's so good. <laughs> or yeah, it's, it's a yesterbation, like this, this obsessing about yesterday. And, and what, what I found was the people who were a lot of, so many people were really upset about me getting rid of the term were the ones that just, they can't move on from the nineties from their, uh, from their youth and all that stuff. And, um, I, I, I have a very easy time moving on. So. Yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's talk some more about you, Christine. Enough about all that stuff. Uh, So we talked about Roddy Bottom. Uh, Can you tell me uh, any other – we talked about Roddy and Peaches. Any other favorite collaborators you've been working with during the pandemic on on music? Um, Well, there's – I talk with with Fever Ray – uh-huh. We we are we got to be really good friends and we're always kind of chewing around on nuggets. We have a really nice relationship. We giggle a lot and get and it's mischievous and fun. And I don't know, I, li- I like her a lot. She's a really interesting woman. Oh yeah, um, she is. So we and I think her and Christine have definitely some um family tree relations and some, you know, some of our roots are buried in the ground in the shithole somewhere together. Um, we get along in that fashion. So I think there's always hopes of, of cooking up some crap with her. And, yeah. um, I've worked with, do you know, John Grant? Oh, he's, sounds a, singer. he's a, doesn't fucking, he live, does he live in Iceland? Yeah. He lives in Reykjavik. Yes. I do know him. Yes. And he, he's a fucking beautiful singer. Yeah. Um, beautiful. His, his faggotry is 
probably you would admire it too. It's he's got that kind of like his hero. Like we spent like we spent an hour talking about Margot Kidder. You know, like he's got weird heroines in his life and mm-hmm. that kind of the gay icons that are like Margot Kidder, like the weird ones. Um, be like, is, is it Margot Kidder from Black Christmas or Margot Kidder in the in the woodshed in somebody's backyard? You no, know? well, it's the Black Christmas. Oh, okay, all right. The sisters, Margot. Yeah, um, okay. That Margot, you know. Okay. Fucking right, Black yeah. Christmas. Oh, I love her in that. Girl, <laughs> I love her in that so much. I just watched that one time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so fucking good. But yeah, he's he's remarkable, and his his lyrics are really fucking incredible. His harmonies, and he also has a really amazing like his drummer in his band is Budgie from Susie and the Banshees. You're kidding me? No, girl, I knew you like that. Like he's got a really wonderful like you. I mean, you're a very you have a really good knowledge and love for so many musicians, and and you know your shit. And yeah. he's. He's the same way, and it's almost like when he was forming his band, he really was so thoughtful about it. I'm not sure if Budgie still Budgie was drumming for him and with him a couple years ago when I saw them. But we've we've gotten to be close, and, and if anyone out there has never listened to John Grant's music, get the fuck on it. It's just he's of the 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 gay family, and uh, just a beautiful songwriter and a beautiful singer, and. Uh, Really, was something really special. But I've I've, he, I've had the pleasure to work with him. Him and Peaches were in the show with me that I did in London last year. They were my guest singers, uh-huh. um, and that one that Roddy was in the band with. And uh, yeah, it's 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 those are those are kind of folks that I've been really excited to to get to know, and just really fortunate that the somehow this trash can that I'm running around with as Christine has brought me to, you know? That's great. Um, and I'm, I'm a very late bloomer with music. I'm not like you. I don't, I, I, I don't know a whole lot about music and I, I've never really been a songwriter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I do meet people or come across someone who I should know and who is quite, you know, popular and has a, Mm, amazing lineage in the music world. I don't really usually know them. So it's kind of exciting. And I'm, I never act like I know them. I just kind of flat out tell them, I don't know who the fuck they are. And they like that actually. They like that. And it's fun. And I really enjoy having this education later in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It means more to me. It sticks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's great. Yeah. Um, well, wow. Budgie. I mean, that's a name like he, he's worked with, uh, of course the slits. Mm. He's, he started out with the slits, which have you heard of the slits? I've heard of them, but I've never fallen down their hole. Oh my God. You have to get, it's really only one album called cut. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he, he, he did percussion for them. And of course with Susie and the Banshees. Yes. That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Love, love. Yeah. A lot of music is, a lot of music has been getting me through, uh, had this pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good thing to have. It's tricky. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I try to, uh, lately I've tried to stay out of, I like to repeat things. I like to watch the same movies over and over, listen to the same things over and over because I kind of keep me in this comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I have an aversion to jumping into new sounds or new films just because it's, I don't know, it's a, it's a weird ass psychological thing, but I, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. And um, I've been trying more and more to 
expand my musical catalog and listen to more things and what I'm really afraid of is turning into the, an old fogey where I'm like not listening to anything except 20 years ago. You know what I mean? So like well, when I, yeah, we, yeah. we had, we, we had animatronic on the podcast and I was like, tell me who I should be listening to. Who's putting up music right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I do that too. I'm like, please, like, I'll run into someone who you can tell they have the gift and uh -huh. they're very aware and understanding of like new music and how it, and and music that would relate to you specifically and so i really do try to ask people to make a playlist or introduce me to stuff but i'm very open of my ignorance embrace it embrace it louisiana girl embraces her ignorance at a so, girl yeah um, well we're winding down to the end of our podcast i have a couple more questions to ask you christine yeah one is uh what's your favorite memory of hecklina <laughs> <laughs> oh shit i mean i think my i think one of my favorite moments with you was on the on the cruise ship mm -hmm. and it wasn't like a thing you were doing it was just it was the kind of the day i realized i loved you in a way oh. we, we were like because we had i don't know we'd always like i said i was scared of the big lady at Folsom, uh -huh. and then it was always with us it was always gigs and mm -hmm payments and kind yeah, of yeah. bouncing around we've never really hung out hung out and outside of you know brunches and things like that and so we were on the boat and i remember we were just outside and i think we were having cigarettes uh -huh. uh, on the outside and i just remembered something clicked at that moment where i was like i felt i don't know i felt sisterly with hecalina or i felt i don't know i just i felt like um i there was a, a nice kind of appreciation and a admiration that uh, dawned on me when we were puffing our cigarettes on the side of a stanky ass fucking cruise ship full of straight people. Wow, that was the that was the exact moment that I remember beginning to hate you. Yeah, I know. You no, just no, no, it, no. it was it was nighttime and I, that water was dark, girl. You know you could have thrown me in quick. No, so that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you stay so, so, uh, I don't know, well, open to, uh, you know, people and so open when you hang around rotten cunts like me and Lady Bunny. I know, y'all are terrible role models I know. Um, and terrible examples. Uh, the only thing, you know, I've learned from you is to count my money. Yes. And then from Lady Bunny, I still haven't figured out what I've learned from her. Really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've learned from her, from her own mouth, do not ever enter her apartment because she won't let anybody. Oh, my God. No, one, no one's ever been in there except for tricks. I think there's mummies and dead tricks and who the fuck knows and lots of, like, baby food or something. Lots of diapers and baby food. Yes. But, yeah, I, I'm still trying to figure out what that old cow is trying to teach me. All right. Well, do you have anything exciting in the works that you're working on besides what we've spoken about? I mean, right now I'm just, I've got songs that I'm cranking out uh -huh. and um, I've been exploring a band now. So I've been playing with a lot of musicians. Uh, saxophone is my drug right now. Mm. So a lot of Christine with saxophone in the future. Um, right. But I'm really excited about just kind of shitting out these songs post covid and uh 
start to implement some uh, wretched screeching instruments to go with my 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 psyche. All right. Uh, well, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast with me. Thanks for having me, Heckles, and thanks, Mark. Uh, what's what's the what's the best place for the, our audience to keep up with your work? I, as a website is christine.org. Christine.org is there, but it's such a piece of caca. I mean, I think the most the busiest and the most you can find my ass running around would be on Instagram. Okay, and that's Christine underscore official. That's correct. And then Facebook.com slash Christine. Uh, Yes, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Heclina. If you love us, show it. Subscribe to the show. Like us, rate us, and please tell anybody you can about Drag Time with Heclina. Send us tips so Mark can keep the show going. And finally, once again, thank you, Mark, and thank you, Christine. Thank you. Oh, my God. Get up, I'm gonna fuck your face right now. Instead, shake pose.